We are the Bride Radio as the voice of the true Bride of Christ. bride of Christ to stand up and take your place in the army and the kingdom we recognize our battle is not with flesh and blood but with the principalities and the powers of the air we are a ministry of prayer and we highlight what God is doing through other ministries and ministers across the globe we provide a platform for ministers and a place for the bride to come together and rally around each other, hold up each other's arms, and pray for one another. WATV Radio celebrates the various missions that God has called each one of us to in this army, so we desire to promote and enhance the bride as a whole. Go, bride! Our soon-coming king awaits. This is a WATB disclaimer. The views and opinions expressed in this show do not necessarily reflect the views of We Are the Bride Ministries, We Are the Bride Radio, or We Are the Bride Television. Thank you. Welcome to Fireside Chat with Dr. June Knight. Okay, well, let's uh, pray and then we'll get started. Lord, we just come before you this morning and we thank you so much, Lord, for being able to break bread with your people. Thank you, Lord, for how you have used these Bible studies. Lord, thank you for speaking to us and teaching us and correcting us and whipping us and molding us and shaping us, Lord, the way that you want us to. Thank you, Lord, that we are growing from... uh, precept upon precept and we're growing upon your word lord and we thank you uh today lord we pray that this word would go deep in our hearts lord and that we would receive it and it would be ingrained in our heart lord today so holy spirit have your way today and teach us your word in jesus name amen okay now um I want to read you the idol that we have for today, and then we're going to get started in the Bible study. You notice I've got my Mega Revival shirt on. Hey, Miss Kathy, good morning. Mega Revival, making America godly again. This was that tour I went on last year. These are the t-shirts we wore uh, in Washington, D.C. when we did that march. Okay, so let me read the idol for today. Let me open up my Facebook app. Remember, today is day number 39. Can you believe it? Only one more day, and that's tomorrow. All right. Okay. This is idol number 39, perfection and anti-disability. You think, how can that be an idol? Well, I'm about to tell you, Brad. Lord, forgive us for having an idol of perfection. We have a picture in our mind what normal looks like, and it can be an idol as well. 
We judge people with disabilities because they don't fit into our perfect world. We see them as less than perfect in our eyes because of what Hollywood puts out there as perfect. We judge what God created as less than perfect because of our mind's eye or image of perfection. When we form this idol of perfection in our minds, then no one can meet up to your expectations of beauty and perfectness. We then judge God on not creating perfectly. We judge his creation as failures and lacking the blessings of God because they don't fit our perfect idol impression in our minds. That's the idol. We must tear down this impression and idol down in our minds and begin to see all of humans as beauty before the Lord. In the church world, we are really bad at seeing someone with a challenge and causing them to feel less than because they either don't have enough faith, their parents didn't do something right, etc. Instead of us appreciating the diversity in this person's challenges, we push them away because they are different. God doesn't create anything by accident. In the church world, we must cast this idol of perfection down and realize that God is diverse. He wants us to love all people, even with their challenges. Many people with disabilities hate coming to churches or meetings because all they do is look at them with, I feel sorry for you looks, and want to lay hands on them all the time and pray for them. Yes, they believe God for healing, but why not accept them and love them as they are? God forgive us for making public spectacles out of people with disabilities and carting them in front of cameras and putting them in front of the room to make a point. Forgive us for not celebrating how God can use them in that shape. Instead of trying to make them perfect, maybe God wants to show out through their disability like he does with Nick, the guy with no arms or legs. God uses him in his perfection. Lord, please forgive our churches for shutting doors to people with challenges instead of trying to help those parents. Yes, we understand insurance and staffing issues, but to the churches who can open up departments for special needs and don't because they don't want to deal with the messiness or the challenges, then God forgive us. Please help our churches to welcome all people regardless of change or challenges. God, please forgive your church for abandoning the call of casting out demons. Many people are reeked with sickness and mental illness by demons because the church is lacking in power. Come on now. Please forgive us for not doing our jobs to relieve mankind as well. Please forgive us, Lord, for putting you in a box with creation and trying to tell you what your human should look like. You love all different types, like you do birds and animals. Some of them are born with disabilities as well, and you love them too. Amen, bride. Amen. Amen. Miss Kathy, if you're watching this broadcast, I'm hoping, uh, oh, Tina's going to be watching. Oh, please tell me I read that right. 
What I was going to say, uh, Kathy, is today is the most important day for you to be in on the prayer call because uh, you'll be able to address this by what your experience has been, you and Miss Jean, uh, having to do with disabilities. So let me see what you said real quick. Let me turn my volume down. Let me see here real quick, y'all. I'm trying to see. Oh, you have a meeting at a school, but you'll call when you get home. Tina's going to be up walking today. Oh, amen. Hallelujah, Jesus. Okay, well, that's fine, Kathy. I was just hoping you could be in on the call, but if you can't, hey, I understand. All right, well, hey, let's go ahead and get started, because listen, when I asked the Lord this morning, Lord, what scripture do you want to give us today having to do with disabilities uh, and the uh, idol of perfection? And he said, Psalm 42. I'm like, Psalm 42? I do that every morning, though. I'm like, how can that have to do with it? And he shows out every time. So let's see what God has to say this morning. Let's turn to Psalm 42. Remember, I use the U version app. That's the little man that talks to us. And then we read our Bible. I really love reading the Bible. Yes, Lord. Oh, look, I've already got that chapter highlighted. So let's see what God has to say. Yes. My soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my meat day and night, while they continually say unto me, Where is thy God? Okay, pause. You know what I think of, Bribe, when I read that verse? I think of how the people feel that have disabilities, people that have disabilities. When I consider the scripture, I think about them laying in their bed because I had the opportunity to be with the lady. I was driving her to an airport and she had disabilities. She may be watching today. Uh, good morning, Jimmy. She had disabilities and uh, I asked her riding in the car, I said, do you hate coming to church where people are always, uh, you know, like, can I pray for you, sister? Or, hey, sister, come up front and let's get you on camera and let's pray for you. I said, how do you feel about that, you know? And she's like, I hate it. I don't even want to go to church because I'm tired of being put on display like I'm less than. And I'm like, I can imagine you really feel that way because you're like, God loves me too, people. He loves me just like he loves you. Uh, I have challenges, but, you know, in other words, if we do not... Uh, let the people that have the challenges of disabilities know, look, okay, this is what you're facing. Well, let's pray and ask God and see how he can use you there. Look at that guy, Nick, that has no arms and no legs, and he travels all over the world and preaches the gospel. And he just wobbles everywhere. He wobbles on his stump. He doesn't sit around and cry and say, I can't be used because of my disability. And it's because people around him, somehow he's, uh, you know, I didn't mean that to sound callous, but what I meant was, 
uh, in spite of his challenges, he realizes God can use me right where I'm at. And that's the word of the day for us. The church needs to have this mentality. Hey, brother, praise God. Let me pray with you and see what God has called you to do. God wants to use you right where you're at. You don't have to be perfect for God to use you. And that is what we are repenting of today. God forgive us for putting that impression across to people. That they have to be perfect in order for God to use them. No, they don't. They don't have to be perfect. God knows exactly where those people are at. He knows they're missing limbs. He knows they've got a wobble. He knows they've got a challenge. You know, I told you the story before, Bride, how that movie of that woman that was in prison, she was on death row about to die. She could have laid there wallowing in her sorrow because she's about to die. And you know what she did? She lifted her hands to heaven and said, Okay, God, use me where I'm at. As long as I'm living, use me for your glory. And you know what God did? He started sending her prayer requests from all over the world. And she created a wall. And she just prayed her way into eternity. And she changed the world through prayer. She just created a little thing and just started putting the prayers from all over the world. And she would use her time daily in solitary. And she would pray for those people. God can use us no matter the disabilities. No matter the challenges. God forgive the church for not encouraging others. Okay, so you got this challenge, that's fine. God knows where you're at. He has a reason for you having this. So let's ask God how he can use you in spite of that. Listen, bride, I have prayed with people in prisons. I have prayed with people in nursing homes that are 90 years old, 100 years old. And I tell them, as long as you have breath in your body, God can use you. If you're laying there and you're like, all I can do is talk. I prayed with that 110-year-old woman and that's all she could do is talk. Her body was paralyzed from the neck down. You know God used that woman? She prayed. She used what she had at the time for the Lord. And that's what I'm encouraging for everybody watching this broadcast today. What you have in your hands is what God wants. He can use it with all the lacks, with all the, uh, in, you know, all the frailties and all the ways that we judge that we're less than. God can still use you. Amen. Let's keep going. I think we're on verse 3. We're in Psalm 42, uh, verse 4. Oh, and I wanted to point this out with this part where it says, My tears have been my meat day and night while they continually say to me, Where is thy God? I can just picture people that have disabilities that lay in their bed and they cry to the Lord. And, and God help the church if we have brought any of that on that person. If we have made them feel less than because we didn't accept their frailties. You know, some churches won't put people that have frailties in any leadership position because they want to come across to the church that everybody up there is you know, their mind of victorious and perfect. 
that they're overcomers. They look at the people that look perfect as they're overcomers. People, overcoming is overcoming your obstacles. You're still being used by God in spite of yourself. You're still being used by God in spite of your frailties and any uh, challenges. That's perfection. So let's keep going. We're on verse 4 now. When I remember these things, I pour out my soul in me. For I had gone with the multitude. I went with them to the house of God with the voice of joy and praise with a multitude that kept holy day. Why art thou cast down on my soul? And why art thou disquieted in me? Hope thou in God. Yes, Lord. For I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. Yes, Lord. Oh, my God. My soul is cast down within me. Therefore will I remember thee from the land of Jordan, and of the Hermonites, from the hill Mazar. Deep calleth unto deep at the noise of thy water spouts. All thy waves and thy billows are gone over me. Yet the Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime, and in the night his song shall be with me, and my prayer unto the God of my life. Okay, Brad, I want us to consider that scripture right there when he says, Yet the Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime and in the night. His song shall be with me. In the night meaning in our storms, in the darkness. When it looks impossible, God is still with us. Whether we're what people expect or whether we're not, God is still with us. Let's keep going. I will say unto God my rock. Why hast thou forgotten me? Why go I mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? As with a sword in my bones, mine enemies reproach me, while they say daily unto me, Where is thy God? You know, when I first read that, I thought, Oh my goodness. That is the sin that we have got to repent to God for. Team that's watching this right now, somebody remember this. This is what we need to ask the Lord to forgive us for having to do with the church. We're taking the sins of the church on our shoulders. What we have done to his people and we will have to answer to him for this. Think about this verse right here. This is the church in sin. When it says, I will say unto God, my why hast thou forgotten me? Why go out mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? We need to ask God today, team, to forgive us for oppressing people with disabilities and causing them to be angry at God because of how the church has treated them. Seriously, we need to ask God to forgive us. Let me write that down. Forgive the church for behavior towards disabilities if y'all don't think this is true i'm telling you it is the way churches have treated people and believe me i'm i pray that y'all hear my heart bride that i'm not being mean towards the church i'm just being real before god so that we can be healed you cannot be healed if you don't address the sickness if you don't admit you have a problem if you, if you lie to yourself, you're not going to be healed. But if you don't address it, you can't be healed. 
And that's what we're doing. We're addressing our sin before God, what we have done towards people with disabilities. Think about your church. How many people do you see around in wheelchairs? And then when you see wheelchairs in services, what is it that you're thinking the whole time? That's our thought towards this idol of perfection. We think something's wrong with them people. We need to go lay hands on them. We need to cast them demons out. Yes, we do. We need to cast demons out. But we need to realize, too, God loves them people. And we have got to let them be accepted as they are in the church. Can we use people that are in wheelchairs? Can we have them sit at the front door when people come in and greet them and say, Good morning. How are you today? Or can we have them teach a Sunday school class? Uh, you know, I mean, make them feel warm and make them feel welcome in the church. And remember, Brad, this 40-day idols is just the church. It's the church and how Americans, how, you know, we take the responsibility of the church, but we really take the responsibility of America because... As the church goes, so the nation goes. The nation is sick because the church is sick. Do you see what I mean? When the church has revival and the church gets healed, the nation will be healed. Type of deal. That's how it works. Okay? We take the responsibility because God gave this nation to us. And how we treated it, we will answer to the Lord for that. All right, well, let's keep going. Why art thou cast down on my soul? And why art thou disquieted within me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him who is the health of my countenance and my God. All right. Hallelujah. Listen, I think about those people as well uh, that have those challenges. And, you know, like if we're trying to encourage them, for I shall yet praise him who is the health of my countenance and my God. If we can respect that person, let's say you're over here and you're over here. And so this is the one with disabilities and this is the one that has the image of perfection that everybody thinks is perfect, okay? If we will respect this person that God has just as much love for this person as he does this one and that God can use this person as much as he can this one, and that God has a purpose and destiny. God knows what the challenge is. God knows what the disability is. God already knows this. So why would that discredit the person? If he's not healed yet, he can still use him. But neither is this person. This person over here has all kinds of challenges. And God still uses this person. Why is this person any different than this person? just because their physicals are on the outside. Well, now, I do agree that there's limitations, no doubt. And especially when it comes to mentally. You know, if they're bipolar, schizophrenic, you know, we get all that. But I'm talking about mainly uh, physical disabilities where we can see on the outside and judge a person and we rise up this idol of perfection and say, Something's wrong with that person and they're less than. They're not, they're, not, they're not healed because they're not right. Something, 
and their heart is not right. Their families have done something right. You know, it's a judging. It's an idol of perfection. We need to knock that sucker down. All right, let's keep going. Now we're going to 43. Chapter 43, Psalm 43. Psalm 43. Judge me, O God, and plead my cause against an ungodly nation. O deliver me from the deceitful and unjust man. For thou art the God of my strength. Why dost thou cast me off? Why go I mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? Send out thy light and thy truth. Let them lead me. Let them bring me unto thy holy hill and to thy tabernacles. Then will I go unto the altar of God, unto God my exceeding joy. Yea, upon the harp will I praise thee, O God, my God. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted within me? Open God, for I shall yet praise him who is the health of my countenance. You know what, Brad? I just had an epiphany. Hallelujah, Jesus! Did you know that David had a disability? What? Did you know that he was so short and that his father didn't think he was worthy enough to be a king, so he kept him out working in the field while he brought all of his other brothers in there to be measured to be a king by Samuel? Well, let's examine this a minute. David working in the field, too short. But yet David's out there killing lions. Why? Because David is trusting in the Lord. David is out there asking the Lord, Lord, use me to take care of this flock. And this is him just as a shepherd. And with his disability. Lord, use me. So here comes Samuel to the house. I need to see your sons. I'm trying to find the next king. And then all these boys, he's like, nope, <laughs> nope, 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 nope. And you know David's father is sitting there thinking, all these boys are worthy to be king, but not David because of his disability. So then he's like, are these all your boys? You know, because... Can you imagine what Samuel's thinking? Samuel's probably thinking, I know God said to be in this house. I know he did, but there's one missing. And he's like, oh, David? You know, this is his family. David? Uh, he's out in the field, you know. But he's like a little guy and whatnot. And so Samuel goes out there and he says, you, you're the one. And he anointed him. Guess who is the one crying right here? David. This is David. Let's read it again. Now this is Psalm 43. Judge me, O God, and plead my cause against an ungodly nation. <laughs> Do we feel like that today, Brad? Oh, deliver me from the deceitful and unjust man. For thou, O, oh, art the God of my strength. In other words, David realizes, I cannot do anything without you, Lord. You're the one that gives me the strength. You're the one 
that makes me what I am. For thou art the God of my strength. Why dost thou cast me off? He's feeling separated from God, right? He knows where his strength comes from. Why go out mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? How many people with disabilities feel that way? Even in the church. They feel that they are oppressed by the church. I'm telling you, I've talked to people like this. They feel oppressed by the church. Oh, send out thy light and your truth. Lord, send your light across the nation. Send your truth across the nation, Lord. And let them lead me. Lord, please let your light lead us. Please let your truth lead us, Lord. Please. Let them bring me unto thy holy hill and to your tabernacles. Then will I go unto the altar of God, unto God my exceeding joy. Now, Bribe, we've talked about this on this broadcast before. Remember what I said. We don't have to have joy based on circumstances. Happiness is based on circumstances. Oh, I'm so happy because everything's working out so great and all this is happening. I'm so happy. You know, that's happiness. Joy is deep in your soul. Joy is when everything around you is falling apart. I'm still so happy. People are like, how can you have so much joy with all this happening? And a good example is Kathy Bidwell. Her daughter is in the hospital on life support, okay? And she has joy. Her daughter's on life support. Everybody else crying. Everybody else upset. But not Kathy. The Lord's already given her a word that her daughter is going to be okay. That is joy. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. Joy defies knowledge. Joy defies the, the way that it should be. So that's what he says right here. He says... Unto God my exceeding joy. Yea, upon the harp will I praise thee. He used, David used to love to play the harp. O oh God, my God. My God. Do you know how important that is? Let me, I'm going to tell you all a little story. Let me see how much time I got. 7.35, okay. When I was going to school at Austin P. I was 42 years old, and I was what they call a non-traditional student, which meant an older student. Okay, well, here I am, 42. All my kids have left the nest except one. She's about to leave the nest. She's 17. And I'm single, and I'm thinking, all right, I want to be independent. I want to take care of myself. I want to go back and change my life. I want to, you know... Uh, be something different. I want to have an education, blah, blah, blah. So, I go back to school. Well, I'm in their year, and I'm starting to notice something. Wait a minute. This school is made up of 42% people like me. 42% of non-traditional students. But they have nothing focusing on us. They totally dismiss us. A lot of our classes, they, they don't even want to hear from the older people because they're constantly trying to shove doctrine down their throat. 
They're trying to shove this liberal ideology down these students' throat. Well, we know better. We're out here living in the world, you know. So they don't want to hear from us. And so then I got to thinking, I was in my public relations class, and they said, the best way to be successful at public relations is to find a problem and come up with a solution. And so I was thinking, hmm, the problem of non-traditional students. And then I began researching. Wait a minute. I, I started researching and discovering that, did you know that in today's times, the majority of students are older? Why? Because they're growing up and realizing, I've got to have an education. I'm being taken over by life. So I have to go back to school, but the colleges nowadays are not addressing this issue. So you know what I did is I started the school's very first uh, non-traditional student society, honor, non-traditional honor society for the students that are older that excel in their education. So I partnered with this national organization and brought it in. And then I wanted a social club for the non-traditionals. I pulled all them, started non-traditional student society. Then, I wanted to get the point across to the administration of the university that we are here and our education is just as important as an 18-year-old. So, this is what I did. I did a documentary and I started interviewing students like me. And I would ask them when I interviewed them, I'd say, why did you go back to school? And then they would say, well, I always wanted to be a doctor, but... You know, when I was younger, I made some mistakes and I didn't. So now I decided I'm going to go for my dream. Okay. And when they would finish telling their story, I would ask them to say this on the camera. And, and all these students I had say this, they'd say, this is my time and this is my school. And so I did that with like 30 different non-traditional students across campus. I would stop them in the hall, stop them outside interview them, you know, all these different places. When I finished that documentary and it went out, okay, do you know that documentary changed that whole university? So much so that they offered to pay for my, uh, not doctor, but my master's. So I then became a graduate assistant, all because that documentary, guess what they did? They started a whole division for non-traditional students, where they do nothing but focus on non-traditional. Because the documentary opened their eyes. And I think about this, the reason I was telling y'all that is because of this scripture right here. Uh, where was it? It was something I was telling y'all. Now I can't remember. What was it? Somebody tell me. What? Why was I telling y'all that? It was something. Um, help me, Jesus. I cannot remember. Bride, I'm sorry. My mind just left me. There was a reason I was telling you that. It was something. Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. When we said... This is my school. Is you're showing them my education. This is just as important to me as it is to the 18-year-old. I have a dream just like the 18-year-old has a dream. 
And that's the great thing about America is we all have dreams. When we take away from a person that is challenged with disabilities, we're causing them not to dream. I mean, that's the whole point of an American life is dreaming. You know, if you want to be somebody, go for it. That's the American dream, you know. You can be what you want to be. But in the church, it should be even greater, you know. In the church, encourage somebody even if they have a disability. What has God called you to do? Uh, how can we partner with you so that you can understand what God has called you to do? Leading them back to God, just like right here with David, where it says, Who is the health, health of my countenance and my God. Possessive. My God. Just like we were saying at the school, this is my school. I take possession ownership that this is my school just like it's your school this is my god just like it's your god my god loves me with my disabilities my god loves you without disabilities see this is good stuff today lord please help us with this god of perfection What time is it here? 7.42. I want us to go to Psalm 45. Let's go to Psalm 45. This is some good stuff, Brian. Alright, let's see here. Psalm 44. Psalm 45. Alright, here we go. Psalm 45. My heart is indicting a good matter. I speak of the things which I have made touching the king. My tongue is the pen of a ready writer. Thou art fairer than the children of men. Grace is poured into thy lips. Therefore God hath blessed thee forever. Gird thy sword upon thy thigh, O most mighty, with thy glory and thy majesty. And in thy majesty ride prosperously because of truth and meekness and righteousness. And thy right hand shall teach thee Boy, he's talking the truth a lot, isn't he, Brad? In the heart of the king's enemies, whereby the people fall under thee. Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. The scepter of thy kingdom is a right scepter. Yes, Lord. Thou lovest righteousness and hatest wickedness. Therefore God, thy God, hath anointed thee with the oil of gladness above thy fellows. Feel us, Lord. All thy garments smell of myrrh and aloes and cassia out of the ivory palaces whereby they have made thee glad. King's daughters were among thy honorable women. Upon thy right hand did stand the queen in gold of Ophir. Hearken, O daughter, and consider, and incline thine ear. Forget also thine own people and thy father's house. Uh-oh. So shall the king greatly desire thy beauty, for he is thy lord, and worship thou him. Okay. And the daughter of Tyre shall be there with a gift. Even the rich among the people shall entreat thy favor. Give us favor, Lord. Is all glorious within. Her clothing is of wrought gold. She shall be brought unto the king in raiment of needlework. The virgins, her companions that follow her, shall be brought unto thee. With gladness and rejoicing shall they be brought. They shall enter 
shall be thy children, whom thou mayest make princes in all the earth. I will make thy name to be remembered in all generations. Therefore shall the people praise thee forever and ever. Yes, Lord. Look, we're going to choose to praise the Lord today. Whether we have disabilities and whether we don't. We're going to ask the Lord to forgive us for this idol of perfection. Where we place in our mind what beauty should look like. God is the one that creates things. And in Him, everyone is beautiful. It's only us because of how we was trained on TV and how Hollywood tries to, you know, put the image out there, perfection. How advertising tries to put the perfection... Listen, I'm going to tell y'all something. If you don't think this is sick, consider this. You have a company now making sex dolls with the perfect image of a woman. Skinny, big boobs, big lips, all this perfect image, and it's all fake. It's all fake. And it's a rubber robot. How sick is that? Where they give these images and these men would be seared in their conscience towards this fake image. Where they cannot even enjoy, uh, you know, true love and true, the way that God means it to be in spite of people's disabilities or differences. In the kingdom of God, we love one another because we're all different. We're different colors. That's one of the biggest divisions right now that the enemy is trying to throw out there is separating us by color. Please, people. We're all different. We're all diverse. What You know, we should love people with disabilities, without disabilities, no matter what color or how different. Remember the story I told you about the prison. When I went to the prison and was preaching in the prison, the men's prison in Kentucky, when they walked in, I said, Sir, what's your ethnicity? And he'd say, I'm Cherokee Indian. I said, Okay, when I, call, when I say this sentence, I want you to come up front. Sir, what's your ethnicity? Oh, I'm French. Okay, tell him. Well, I'm this, I'm that, I'm this, I'm that. Okay, well, there's about 100 people in the room. Okay, so when it come time for them to be called up front, I walked back and stood in the middle of all the prisoners, all the hundred, and I said, okay, all the men that I told y'all to go up front, go up front now. So they all go up front. I said, all right, line up from one side of this room to the other, and they did. And when they lined up, I told the guys, I was standing in the middle of the guys, I said, all right, guys, I want you to look at all these people. Because I was telling them how we're all trees in God's great garden and how we're dead hollow trees until we get saved and then we connect to the creator and then we have these roots that supernaturally come out and they're healthy, flowing in the rivers of water, the living water which comes up and refreshes our tree. Now we have fruit, bearing good fruit and all this other stuff. So I said, I want y'all to look at all the different varieties of trees. Look at all the different colors of bark. Look at all the different types of leaves on their head. I want you to notice some of those trees have missing limbs. Some of them have big knots on them. People would laugh, you know. 
Some people have missing teeth. Some people have this. Some people have that. I said, but you know what? I said, now you see God. I said, that's God. That shows how he thinks. He loves variety. He loves being different. And it's only mankind that puts God in a box and says God has to look this way and he has to act this way. No, God is so beautiful. He's so big that he makes all the different type of people. I said, look how you see short men up there. You see tall men. You see skinny men and fat men and all this. And so uh, I went up to him and I handed on the microphone. I said, sir, tell everybody what nationality you are. And then the guy with the prisoner would say, I'm Cherokee Indian. And then the guys that was in the, the rest of the prisoners, if they were Cherokee, they would stand up and say, yeah, I'm Cherokee. And then the next guy would say, I'm African-American. And then they would all stand up, I'm African-American, all right, you know. And uh, so it was really awesome for them to celebrate their diversity and to see God for who he is. God knew exactly what he was doing when he created you. He knew the frailties. He knew the generosity, I mean, the generations that you come from. He knows your DNA. He knows the family line and what they did wrong. He knows all this, and he created you to look exactly like you do. I consider myself, look at these beady eyes. <laughs> I consider, Lord, you created me with these beady eyes. And then, Lord, look at my accent. I sound so country, so southern, and I've been put down, put down for it many times. And then, when I minister overseas, guess what? They tell me, oh, we love your accent. Your accent is awesome because now we can understand you because you're slow. <laughs> you know what I mean? My lack is blessing to somebody. See? All my faults. It's all okay. It's okay. God knows exactly what he's doing. So don't hate yourself because you have a lack, because you have a, a different look than other people. It's only the world that tells you you're not pretty. God tells you you're pretty. He looks at you and he smiles. Let me tell you another story. I was praying with that 110-year-old woman. She was African-American, and her face looked, in the world's eyes, really rough. I mean, she had these big blotches on her face and really deep wrinkles and, and craters and all this, you know. And she had missing hair and she had just a few hairs on her head. And I was looking down at her and I was looking at this beautiful woman. 
She was so full of the joy. This woman, she was so full of Jesus. You couldn't help but look at her and just be in love. But when I was looking at her, I was noticing all this on her face. The deep wrinkles and everything. And the Lord said, he spoke to my heart. He said, do you see her face? And I looked at her. I said, yes, sir, I see her face. He said, the world dismisses her because of her face, because of her wrinkles, her brown spots, and her aging. He said, but I look at her and I see beauty because her face tells me her story. Her wrinkles are her story. Every spot on her face is her story. And I was weeping, Brad. I'm telling you, I was weeping. I was looking at this 110-year-old woman. And I was seeing such beauty because it was the way he saw her. And I was rubbing her hair, her few little hairs that she had on her head. And I was looking at her and I was like, oh, I was like, Lord, she is so beautiful. It is sad that the way society looks at elderly now, Lord. And then I asked the Lord that day, I was like, Lord, when you take her home, will you please let me be with her, Lord? And do you know God did? He let me be with her when he took her home. It was so beautiful. And then, there's a lot of stories I have with elderly people on their deathbed, you know. But anyways, uh, the point is, it's society that puts the expectations on beauty. It's not God. God sees you beautiful. So, enjoy your diversity. Maybe God's got a reason for it. But because we've been so busy trying to be perfect with this idol of perfection... We cannot even enjoy what God did. Lord, I have a lack. I have a missing limb. I give it to you, even the lack. Even what I don't have, I give to you. So how can you use me, Lord? How can you use me? And you know God did. I told the Lord, Lord, all I have is my old car, my 2000 and, let's see, what was it? My 2004 Hyundai Tiburon, $20. It's all yours, Lord. So the Lord says, okay, I'm going to take that. <laughs> I'm going to use it. I want you to drive the entire border of the United States. And I want you to go with ball tires, a rod, and I'm getting $20. And I want you to pray. I want you to travel the border of the United States and pray. Pray for the country and seal the borders. <laughs> okay. If you could use my lack, Lord. If you can take this car across the country, 36 states, 18,000 miles. <laughs> You can do a miracle. You can have it. Here you go. So, 
I get in the car. <laughs> Listen, Brian. I got in the car and I took off and I said, All right, Lord, here we go. <laughs> I mean, imagine how crazy it sounds, you know. I'm like, All right, Lord, here we go. As soon as this $20 runs out, then I'm just trusting that you're going to meet me over there, you know. I get going down the road and bam, I got to the end of the $20. There's another 20 <laughs> He did that, Brian. God did it. He did it for six months. Took care of me from state to state, city to city. Did miracles. If we will give him our abundance, if, he will, if we will give him our lack, he'll make it go a very long way. All he wants is, what do you have, Brian? What do you have in your hand right now? Give it to him. Even disabilities. Give it to him. You'd be surprised what God would do. You'll be surprised. So let's pray and then we're done today. Lord, woo, it's been an awesome Bible study, Lord. We, we just thank you so much, Lord, for loving us in spite of our crazy selves. In spite of us saying, Lord, we can't be used by God because I'm fat. I can't be used by God because I'm almost 50. I can't. <laughs> All the lack. Lord, I, <laughs> I can't be used by God because I have no money. I can't be used by God because I don't have a car now. <laughs> Forgive us for that, Lord. You're the God that owns the cattle on a thousand hills. You are the creator of the entire universe. You are the God of the impossible. You are the great I am, Lord. You parted the Red Sea. You created the universe. Who are we to say that our limits is above you? Who are we to say that you can't do something just because we got a missing limb. Who are we, Lord, to look at somebody else and say, you're not worthy to work in our church because you have a disability and thus everybody's going to think that that healing, that what we say don't work, that something's wrong with the church because you're not healed? Forgive us of that mentality, Lord. Heal our churches, Lord. Let us use people in spite of their own selves. Help us to use people to show others how God loves everyone and God wants to use everyone, Lord. Hallelujah. Let us be a sign and a wonder, you know. Let us be a sign and a wonder how God can use somebody in spite of their self. In Jesus' name, amen. We love you, Lord. Hallelujah. I feel the fire of God, Brad. I pray that I've encouraged you today. If I have, will you write me and let me know that these Bible studies are encouraging you? Because I have a feeling my life is going to greatly change after next week. So, uh, just let me know how you feel about it. Alright, Brad. Well, listen. God bless you. i got to get with my team. Uh, we got to pray today about this item. And then tomorrow is the last one. Now, listen. Tomorrow night is where we're going live, and they will talk about what they have been through.
okay, on this 40 days. And you will hear from them yourself at 7 o'clock tomorrow night. It's the final, final deal on the 40 days. And we have given God the first fruits of our year from January 1st all the way to February 9th. We have given God the first fruits of our year, and it's going to be so exciting, Bride, to see what God's going to do from this year on. I'm excited. All right, Bride, God bless you. Hey, y'all have a good day today.